Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, let's start with Hunter Biden. Yeah. Hunter Biden, news breaking this morning that uh, he is pleading guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges, didn't quite file the taxes on on time, um, and is essentially getting probation for the gun charge. I I forget, what do they call it, a pre-trial diversion or something like that. It's a fancy verbiage basically saying, don't do it again, bud. Uh, And if you do it again, then we're going to uh, we're going to prosecute you. Um, so it looks like slap on the wrist for a whole lot of things. Now that can happen to any anybody. You know <laughs> that that gun charge gets dropped to a misdemeanor. Yeah, yeah. And the, well, the gun charge. Yeah, I mean that they're not even prosecuting him on that. that they they have basically said don't do it again. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, you're you're free to go. Yeah, um, who hasn't dropped guns in the garbage cans before and just right. left them? <laughs> I mean, you know, right. it happens all the time. Who who hasn't been caught on video bragging about your, your firearm right. while you got a pile of crack next to you? Right. Well, to be fair, Scott, I think it was the girlfriend at the time that was scared that took the gun and then dropped it off in the garbage. Yeah, across the street from a high school. Well, yeah. Yeah, but they usually just throw their trash on the ground there. They don't actually go through into the <laughs> no. garbage. So it was okay. No yeah. problem there. And I know, David, you mentioned this off air. It takes you off because of a similar charge where someone's doing two years. Identical charge. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it uh, last week. The mom in Virginia of the kid who, the six-year-old kid who took his mom's gun and shot his teacher with it. Mm-hmm. So she's facing state charges, but at the federal level, they did charge her with the exact same crime that Hunter Biden committed, which is lying uh, to the feds when purchasing your firearm about your drug use. Turns out she was uh, she had been smoking weed around the time when she bought the gun, oh. and she lied when she said, no, she is not a, uh, a user of marijuana. Hmm. Hunter Biden also lied about his drug use. Uh, she is facing 18 to 24 months in prison under the terms of a, of a uh, plea agreement she made with the Department of Justice. The same Department of Justice that says, ah, not a big deal that he was getting high on crack when he had this gun. Golly. Well, you hear Joe talking about guns, guns, guns all the time. We got to do something here. Okay, here's the example. Of course, we know it doesn't work that way. No, because a lot of these technical uh, technicality gun laws are about Mm -hmm. screwing over poor people and especially poor black people. Yeah. Oh, they'll never give you that narrative. Mm Mm-hmm. They'll never go to that angle. But, yeah, you make a great point with it. Yeah, yeah they was a, the gun was a gift to the student council of the school. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> tax deductible. <laughs> yeah, I was watching uh, uh, this clip from CNN, the legal analyst there, Ellie Honig, talking about the gun charge. And I think he made a pretty astounding claim about the entire thing. Oh, okay. The firearm charge, it's important to understand what this is. 
There is a federal law that makes it illegal for an addict, a person who's addicted to drugs or alcohol, to possess a firearm. This is a strange and somewhat obscure, rarely used, not never, but rarely used federal law. I used to do firearms cases all the time, mm -hmm. but the vast majority of federal firearms cases are either a firearm used in another crime of violence or a firearm possessed by somebody who has a prior felony. This is sort of low down on the list of firearms offenses. Then well, one, why does the law exist then? But two, someone just pleaded guilty to it last week. Right. <laughs> In a high-profile case. And you're talking about, we got these background checks. Yeah. yeah. The, the background checking for what? I, I think a lot of people would agree. Yeah, you don't want drug addicts with guns. All of a sudden, no, it's kind of a strange law here. So the, the party of force the rich to pay their fair share and common sense gun laws is once again showing the rules don't apply to them. No. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. I've seen it too many times. Okay, moving on to Donald Trump. Interesting interview with Brett Baer, Fox News. Oh, yeah. Oh, Do yeah. Donald Trump <laughs> sat down for an interview with Brett Baer on Fox News. And, of course, the charges he's facing over the classified documents thing was a big topic. Uh, thought this was interesting. Brett Baer said, hey, why... Why didn't you just hand over the boxes when the National Archives asked for them to begin with? Okay. So I've had a lot of things in there. I will go through those boxes. I have to go through those boxes. I take out personal things. Uh, as far as the uh, levels and all, everything was declassified because I had the right to declassify. You want to talk about a mess, take a look at Biden, where he's got 1,850 boxes. He has boxes stored in Chinatown in D.C. He has boxes stored at Penn Center. And he has boxes under his Corvette and around his Corvette, sitting in a garage for years, where it was very seriously classified. I have every right to have those boxes. This is purely a Presidential Records Act. This is not a criminal thing. In fact, the New York Times, of all, had a story just the other day that the only way NARA could ever get this stuff, this back, would be, please, 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 could we have it? <laughs> okay, so what do you think of that, Scott? I can see it. I don't know, man. I... Oh, just say it. Okay, I'm tired of this crap. I really am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so done with it. Now, are you talking about done with Trump or done with just the whole I'm done with the whole and kit and caboodle. Just make it stop. <laughs> that's all I ask. I mean, and that's the most honest response you're going to get all day. And not necessarily just me that thinks that way either, but it's like, come on, man. Well, I think. Can we just get on with it? Well, I mean, this is something he's facing right now, so he yeah. has to answer to that. Yes, you start to glaze over after a while, you know, because he's facing so many different things. It's coming at him at all angles. So he's defending himself, and yes, I totally get that. At the same time, you're watching what's happening to the country, and that's sort of top of mind. And we're like, oh, we're still dealing with all this legally yeah. stuff. And I understand that it's a different set of rules when you're talking about Biden, other people. And then you hear other commentators, and I've heard conservatives say, you know, he, if he just turns it over, then this doesn't happen. Like, well, then they'll come after him because of something else. Yeah. But it is exhausting after a it while. It is exhausting, point. and you, you start to zone out after a while. You're just like, I've heard all of this a hundred times. Yes. I understand. What do you think when you hear it, David? I, I think... Um... Whoever is thinking about representing Trump in court just downed like three cases of Maalox. 
<laughs> uh, you know, I don't think it's like doom and gloom, sky is falling. I've seen a few places, hotair.com had an article saying, oh, my gosh, he just admitted to obstruction because he, you know, was moving this stuff out so he could pick his personal belongings out. I don't know if I if I buy into that. What I will say is that the DOJ is obviously going to be coming at him with both barrels uh, with this. And he's not doing himself any favors by going out and, and having this sort of candid conversation. You know, I, I've heard one defense that says, well, he did that a lot during the Mueller investigation. And this was a way to say, hey, look, you know, he called it as a witch hunt. And we know that was a witch hunt. Um, and he was willing yes. to talk about it. The difference here, though, is that the Mueller investigation was just that. It was just an investigation. Mm-hmm. Trump's being charged. The trial is set for August. It's a different ball game because Mueller was not in a position without charging him to send Trump to prison for talking smack about him. The prosecutors in this case are in a position, and I think they're going to try to do it, and we'll see what happens moving forward, but every statement he makes makes it a little bit easier for them. It's so frustrating because it is a two-tier justice system. Oh, there's no doubt about that. To I mean, watch no it doubt. all unfold like this. Also, I thought it was interesting that all of a sudden I got a court date in August. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. By I mean, that. people take years to get a court date on things. Yes. Meanwhile, no legacy media yet on the Biden family corruption story. That's incredible. Phone calls and all, no coverage yet. They can't ignore it forever. I uh, want to get an update on this situation with the Titanic explorers. Mm-hmm. And. Dude, the- this is a strange story. Yeah. And, you know, as we've mentioned before, it certainly captivated Robbins. I know you're paying a lot of attention to this, David. Well, it's fascinating. Yeah. Five people are stuck in this small submarine in the North Atlantic. Uh, they went down to check out the wreckage of the Titanic. We're talking like 250 grand a seat to go down and, and do this. Um, wow. They haven't surfaced. They missed their window, apparently, and no one can get in contact with them. No one knows what happened just yet. Uh, the U.S. and Canadian uh, forces are, are looking for them now. There's massive search underway. But this is a small uh, submersible. I mean, it, it is. It, it, and you talk about needle in a haystack. My right. goodness, this is a needle in a cornfield that, that you're looking yeah. for right now. Um, anyway, they've only got a few days of oxygen available. A woman named uh, Yannicka Mickelson knows one of the dudes in the sub. His name is Hamish Harding. Uh, and she did an interview on News Nation saying, well, yeah, this is pretty much worst-case scenario. Wow. My fear is that they didn't make their last ascent window. They should have surfaced a few hours ago. They didn't. That is scary. That is very scary. And we're starting to think about worst-case scenarios. And just my biggest fear is knowing that they are trapped without the ability of receiving help. This is my biggest fear. There is no one who can reach them at the bottom and oh this is terrifying oh man and that's what you're thinking david yeah it's gone down or something if they're not already dead they they probably will die Mm, man is that what you were thinking scott uh well i mean that's certainly a possibility yeah i pondered that one or one of these cases where things just disappear and no one ever knows why well I was just listening to the off-air conversation before the show, yeah. and it seemed like you had a hopeful tone Yeah. until David just said, matter-of-factly, dude, 
No. I know. Yeah. And, and I was hopeful. I mean, I still am on some level because I know they had enough oxygen to survive, what, another two days or something? Yeah, but I think they had a like, total of 96 hours. Yeah, and there and was so, like 70-some left or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't remember. I mean, exactly. it's basically within the next day or two, they're out of yeah. oxygen. But, Life you know, what happened? Why weren't they able to surface, yeah. uh, number one? And number two, are they ever going to find this thing? Because like you mentioned, yeah. David, it's a needle in a cornfield, man. It's, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right, be keeping you up to date on that. Um, man, a whole lot to get to today. Um, wow, a church was vandalized? And it has something to do with Pride Month? What? What's that whole story about? Get to that. And does getting tickets now actually require a coordinated military operation? All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, Robbins, did you want to remind everybody what month it is? Um, I'm not sure. It's Pride Month. Is it? Yes, it is. You oh. say it all the time. Did you know it's Pride Month? You say it every day. Because you maybe have had enough of the ads and everything else. Oh, boy, I haven't seen anything about it. It's quiet. A <laughs> uh, story that's uh, making national news now. There's a Massachusetts church that was vandalized. See, what happened was they rent out part of the church for a preschool. The preschool hung pride flags on church property. Oh, hmm. This is Grace Community Church located near Salem, Massachusetts. So then the church was targeted, and there was spray paint all over the outer wall then that read, Stay gay. Stay hard. Love is what? for everyone. It's <laughs> got this rainbow drawn between the words. I don't ask. I don't know. Hard, huh? Mm. Okay. What do you yes. call them, grandmas? <laughs> Golly. Okay, so apparently the story goes like this. There is this dude, Mike Richmond, who is a gay man who owns Pleasant Street Preschool, rents out a Sunday school classroom from the church. School posted pride flags outside the classroom. And then this guy recorded a video of two church members, that would be Richard and Ann Stedman, removing the flags that he posted outside the church. Yeah. So as Richmond and his boyfriend, Ryan Thompson, approached the couple, there's a verbal dispute. That's where, you know, I read this story. It was Daily Wire saying the dispute started with Richmond saying, why are you guys taking down the pride flags? And Mrs. Stedman said, because it's a church that does not celebrate. You can have your time, but we don't want to celebrate if we don't have to. We're also a church that believes in the Bible. We have the freedom to do both things. Richmond pushed back. What's the message you're sending the children? Here we go. <laughs> She said, the message is that we honor your business, but you should honor our beliefs. Richmond said, so you'll take our money, but you won't celebrate who we are? She said, you can celebrate who you are, but we don't have to. And then the video ends. So Richmond then accused the church of homophobia on the school's official Instagram, saying the real reason I'm being booted has become clear. And then there's a big protest on Sunday. And they posted it's only the beginning of the battle against intolerance and injustice, saying that the town needed to face the uncomfortable truth about the underlying bigotry in the heart of this town. Man, screw you, dude. <laughs> I, what the hell's wrong with you? Right. 
You're like, oh, we need to have our pride flag out at the church. You're a tenant, okay? There are certain things that if the landlord says, no, you can't fly that here for one reason or another, you have to abide by that. Sorry that hurts your feelings, but hey, you know, maybe rent a different classroom. You know, we've talked about this many times. It's not just that you need to accept. You need to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, no. Absolutely not. Um, so apparently this dude, Richmond, the boyfriend, different people in town said, yeah, the, no one should have vandalized the church. Mm-hmm. That was that was not the cool thing to do. Well, you're the one who sparked the fuse. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the Pride Committee there in that town um, said for a church or any organization in our small town to act in a way in a town where kindness rules the day is surprising. For this church to choose to discriminate and behave so hatefully is shocking. For taking down the Pride flags? Right. They didn't, they didn't refuse him to, you know, they didn't refuse him a room because he was gay or anything like that. They it was like, hey, you violated the terms of our agreement. You put up a flag that is not representative of our values as a Christian organization. Go somewhere else. Are you familiar with the Bible? Do you know what it says? <laughs> right. Why is this so hard go, for you to understand? Going back, I mean, it's like the religions of Abraham uh, between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam have, have been pretty clear about where they stand on homosexuality for, I don't know, thousands of years. Yes. But I also talked in the story about how there's been a big battle with Christian parents and Muslim parents mm-hmm. against this sort of indoctrination in schools. And I don't think that's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, for the people who speak tolerance that have no tolerance. Yeah. It's really remarkable. It is. Yeah. I uh, mentioned the story about getting tickets to a concert now requires a coordinated military operation. Okay. I think that's stretching it a bit. But apparently, it's so hard to get big concert tickets that they're saying you have to coordinate it on, you know, a lot of different um, or through a lot of different areas so that you're not all you know, streaming from the same place, basically, yeah. Yeah. trying to refresh and get tickets and how hard it is. And like, man, standing in line seems a lot easier now. Yeah, it does. It? Yeah. yeah. OK, more on the judge setting the trial date for Trump and a news update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, the judge has set the trial date for the Trumpster. Yeah, August 14th of this year. Wow. <laughs> when I heard August, I, I thought, oh, my gosh, oh, okay, so, like, right just a couple months before the election they're going to start this? Oh, That's no, this year. Yeah. Which is remarkably fast. Boy, I'm surprised. Because I thought they were just going to trail this out like they usually do. Yeah. Well, I I do wonder if you've got the Hunter Biden plea agreement that's been reached Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get this out of the way now with Trump. I do wonder if this is like everybody's kind of coordinating here in one way or the other to make sure that one Joe Biden doesn't run. It's sort of like we'll let we'll go easy on your son if you drop out. And then let's try to get Trump out of the way as quickly as possible so that we can have time to set up whoever is going to run in their place. 
really interesting. Now, I, I don't have a ton of confidence that the federal government would be able to actually orchestrate that that organized uh, in that organized of a fashion. I don't know. They've organized in other ways, but yeah, that it just seems like okay. We're gonna we're they're they're hitting the the gas pedal on this. They they expect the trial to last two weeks, and so before any votes are cast during the uh, during the primary, they're gonna have this thing out and done with. That's their plan, at least. Okay, so top of mind when you're talking about you know Trump legal issues. Mm-hmm. The Alvin Bragg stuff, I don't think anyone takes any of that all that seriously. No, I don't think so either. When you're talking about Georgia, what's coming up, mm-hmm. what do you think there? I, You know, again, without having any sort of indictment handed down right now, this has to do with um, uh, an attempt to steal the election, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think so. I think, again, federal prosecutors love easy cases. All prosecutors love easy cases. Yeah. And, and in the case of the classified documents... Most of us can say, okay, it's probably not really that big of a deal, but if they have just a portion of the evidence that they claim to have, then Trump's probably going to be convicted. Trump needs to fire uh, some people right now. What do you mean? Like Tucker Carlson, for instance, so the Dominion thing goes away. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't even work for me. Fire him anyway. When you said fire, I I was thinking he can't get lawyers. (laughs) No, no. I mean, lawyers quit. And you would think these guys, these attention-starved, spotlight-driven, you know, legal guys that are out there that handle everything. Yeah. To get attention, you'd think that somebody would jump into the fray, but now it's like toxic. Nobody, I know, no thanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're limited, I guess, to who can practice in the Southern District of Florida. But then I'm I'm sitting here thinking, okay, let's say you got a, a, a 50 year old lawyer who really wants to make a name for himself. Yeah. Uh, but then you know all the baggage that comes with representing Donald Trump, including I mean, liberals. No, I'm not even talking about Trump. I mean, liberals will be threatening you. They will they will be sending yeah. people to your house. They will be targeting your kids if you have any. Is all of that really worth the career boost? And then on the and this is where President Trump's going to get mad at me. Then you have a client who will go out and talk about the case. <laughs> Well, yeah, David. <laughs> so you know, did you, did you hear one yeah. of the anecdotes? It was uh, from the uh, the lawsuit with E. Jean Carroll, that nut, yeah, in New yeah. York, during a uh, conference between Trump's attorney and the judge. Trump's attorney said something to the effect of, like the 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 judge was saying, "Oh, you got to keep your client quiet during this whole thing," and apparently the attorney looked somewhat exasperated and said. You know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> Scott! I mean, I mean, that's the thing. It's like that's one, one of Trump's greatest assets and greatest liability is the oh, yeah. same thing. It's that he tells you what he thinks about it. When you got the federal government breathing down your neck, though, in a court of law, that's going to be a liability. And here he says the prosecutors are thugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was during the interview with Brett Baer. Uh, he brought up what Alan Dershowitz has called the most dangerous portion of the indictment, which is where Trump evidently on tape uh, talked about a plan to t- attack Iran and notably admits that he never declassified the document. That's how it's framed in the indictment, at least. And so I believe Dershowitz when he says this is the this is the the sort of final nail in the coffin 
this is the biggest risk. Uh, Trump disputed that, though. Okay. I'm just saying what the indictment says. Well, they, the recording people, and the look, people in the room who these testified. These people are very dishonest people. They're thugs. They're thugs. If you look at what they've done to other people, what they've done to, and overturned in the U.S. Supreme Court, these are thugs. These the are suggestion was people. that you wanted this as evidence that the military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, had preemptively sent you plans for a possible attack on Iran and that you didn't order that to happen. That's the suggestion. I never ordered it to happen, no. But no. that's why you wanted the document. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a document from Milley. Milley, frankly, was incompetent. The last one I'd want to attack with as my leader would be Milley. <laughs> Fair assessment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> These people are so dude. It is. It, it's comical, and at the same time, James. No, I'm saying, yeah. but man, you got to understand it. It has gotten him in trouble before. I think you said it best. I mean, sometimes your greatest asset can also be your greatest liability. Yeah, and your lawyer's got to be going. Oh, what are you doing? I know, dude. Yeah, but totally get it. <laughs> but yeah, ask how many lawyers would want that gig. Yeah. That's that are even eligible. Mm -hmm. But dude, yeah, I know we got to move on to other things. All right, just about this time every day, going around the table. May not be the biggest story out there, but it certainly caught your attention, David. Today, what's your story? I know y'all hit this yesterday, but I want I want to crack at this as well. It just, oh, dude, it please do. Cracked me up here. Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, White House press secretary, did an interview with the left-wing blog, The Grio, and wants you to know the Biden administration is historic, okay? It is. Mm -hmm. Many things, many things have made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure, and I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic making administration because of this president. A historic making, yes. Uh -huh. I, I know. I, yeah, it is. She is. Like she was drinking out of Kamala's mug. Just said historic like 57 times in the course of 30 seconds. <laughs> she is historic, though, not only as the first uh, black lesbian to ever be the White House press secretary, but she's also the first press secretary who's ever been kicked upside the head by a mule. <laughs> as a child, you're saying? Yes. I'm a historic figure, and I... Yeah. Yes. She also lived at the bottom of a well for three weeks. <laughs> they called her Baby Kareen. <laughs> Okay, we tried to figure this out oh, yesterday. Gosh, Have man. you ever known of a worse press secretary? No, it's, it's there never has been one. No, it's a new low. I mean, there there are you know throughout history different press secretaries that maybe lied more than the other, mm -hmm. maybe weren't very good, but they could form sentences. Yeah, she can't form sentences. No, and if you ever point that out, you know what you are. Oh. Oh. Racist. Oh, I thought and homophobic and sexist. Homophobic, and sexist. Yes. Yeah, I, I really, yeah, everything. I, I look at it as discriminating against people who get kicked in the back of the head, <laughs> of the head by a mule. You know, <laughs> I'm an anti uh, kicked in the back of the head muleite. I don't know. Well, you were well, part of that board of directors of raising money for people who got kicked in the head by mules. <laughs> <laughs> the forgotten folks in our country. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, any, and I mean this sincerely, anyone else dropped on their head as a baby? Or am I the only one on this show? 
I think you were the only one that, that I know of. I yeah. may have been dropped on my head. I don't know. Yeah, I got I got hit on the head by a basketball once. My this is when I was really really little. Uh, oh, my wow. dad was playing with uh, my siblings, who were a few years older than me, on the driveway, and for some reason he had put me directly underneath the basket. Kind of thinking, well, the kids are never going to make a shot. They were too little. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, then it came down right on my head. So that explains a lot, okay? Wow. I'm, and I'm the only one that took a bat to the head. That's but true. that was when I was oh, in my perfect. 20s. Yeah. That was a skull fracture. I remember that one. Story yeah. for another time. All right, what's your story today, Scott? Uh, an executive board member of a Virginia teachers union defended remote learning during the COVID-19 pandemic. This was a recent interview in ProPublica saying that the learning loss suffered as a result of the education method during the pandemic made everyone equal. So what? the smart got dumber, and they, they, they all come, they all equal now. Everybody's there you dumb. Go. Yeah. That's wow. Communism in a nutshell. Every, in an interview, this Melvin Hostman, a member of the executive board of the Richmond Education Association, said that he found it very hard to support the push for additional instruction Instruction time to combat learning loss when school districts have more important needs, such as lack of toilet paper, school buses arriving late, and widespread absenteeism. After the COVID-19 pandemic, students suffered massive learning loss as only 13% of 8th graders met grade-level expectations. But everyone's equal now. That's all that matters. (laughs) Shut up. We need toilet paper, okay? (laughs) Golly, man. (laughs) Um, for my story today and okay, where I went down this rabbit hole is the story of Dr. Peter Hotez, who has been on MSNBC's big spokesman for vaccines, um, very pro vaccine. I mean, he said a lot of things in the last few years that I'm sure he wishes he had back. He had said some things about Robert Kennedy Jr. being on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. Saying Spotify's basically given up all this, you know, misinformation that this guy puts out there. And so Joe Rogan had challenged Hotez to debate Kennedy Jr., offered him $100,000 to do it. And then Elon Musk said he won't do it because he knows he's wrong. Talking about Hotez. So I don't think Hotez is going to debate him. We'll have that story a little bit later as to why. But as I was looking at all of this, Hotez, I mean, I don't know how overweight he is, a little bit at least. He is, yeah, I wouldn't say grossly obese or anything like that, just somewhat overweight like yeah. a lot of people in the United States. But Rogan's had him on the podcast before, okay? And I don't mean this to, toward anybody individually, but if you're talking amongst friends, sometimes the conversation will come up, you know, you're meeting with someone, it could be a doctor, whoever, that's talking about your health, and you're sitting there thinking, well, how healthy are you? Right. Dude, Joe Rogan, with this doctor, he's talking to this doctor, I think, in the way a lot of people would like to, but because he's Joe Rogan, he can, and it's his podcast. Listen to how this conversation goes. Do you take care of your immune system in other ways? Do you take probiotics? Are you cautious about your diet? Um I'm not as cautious about my diet as I should be. I'm a junk foodaholic, uh, actually. Well, that seems like a terrible thing for your health. It, it is a terrible thing for my health and something my wife is uh, working on. But that seems basis. ridiculous for someone who works with health. Yeah. Yeah. What's Somet- going on with some- you, man? Sometimes, man, I just don't sometimes. get it right. <laughs> 
How often? What? How often? How often do I steal a bag of chips or something like that? How often like do that? you eat garbage? Uh, I don't day? know. No, no, hopefully not every day. But you know, hopefully so, not every day. You know, maybe a couple of times a week. Oh. Know. Okay, so right here you're thinking, all right, you probably you get the idea and you just move on, right? Not Rogan, dude. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's what with Rachel, my uh, my daughter with autism. That's like our thing is to go to the uh, it's called the burger joint or to um, Shake Shack to get mm-hmm. a to get a cheeseburger. We'll stick, sneak some fries. So, say my daughter has autism. This is what we do. It's, you know, comfort food. Some people would say. And usually after something like that, the interview would be like, "Oh, okay, I'll, I'll lay off this." No. Mm, so you live in large. We call it. Like that mouth pleasure so much, you're willing to sacrifice a little bit. Of I health. am, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I can, I have to concede that's the case. Well, there's, uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but there's a, a large body of data that connects poor diet to a host of diseases. Mm-hmm. That seems like a t- crazy decision for a guy in your line of work. There you go. Sometimes the, uh, <laughs> wow. Sometimes the, it's not all brain. It's. Uh, it, it's something else. But, I mean, if you ate oh healthy food, I mean, you, the thing is your body starts craving healthy food. You start feeling Yeah, no no question. Results. No question about it. Dude, that's like a minute 20 in. Golly. Holy that's so brutal. It goes to the four-minute mark. That is brutal. It, yeah, he just keeps pummeling him. Well, he's saying, I don't understand it. <laughs> You're a doctor. And I'm seriously, and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, how many people in America are like, Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like taking a golf lesson from a twenty-four handicap chop, <laughs> or like you're, you're taking your car in for an oil change, and the mechanic rolls into work in a tow truck with yeah. his car being towed behind it. You're like, maybe I'm going to Jiffy Lube. Okay, <laughs> marriage counseling from Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> Just crack me up. We'll get to the rest of that other story a little bit later on. Okay, uh, Trump worked with Russians to steal the 2016 election. Who still believes that? You won't believe who believes that. Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, who still thinks Trump worked with the Russians to steal Dude, the 2016 election? This is ridiculous. Uh, Democrat Congressman Ted Lieu, not a very bright guy, <laughs> uh, was on MSNBC this morning talking about how Congress is trying to regulate artificial intelligence, uh, especially in an election year when it's really going to be hard to tell who actually said what. Uh, as his interview wrapped up, again, an interview talking about how to avoid disinformation, he ended it like this. In addition, I do support legislation that requires disclosure on ads and social media and so on. So next time, for example, if you see a pro-Trump ad, it might just say at the bottom, paid for by the Kremlin. And so that's a kind of disclosure mm. that we would like to see. Okay. Yeah, that would be good. Democratic Congressman Ted Lieu of California. These losers. That's <laughs> just insufferable. <laughs> just insufferable. And the thing is... They honestly believe they're being really clever. Oh, yeah, the yeah, criminal, right, honestly, yeah, right. He's still there. <laughs> and I'm sure he ran this by his staff before he did. What yeah. if I say this? It'd be great. What a knee slapper that Ted Lou is. Unbelievable. What a clever guy. You know, we had a couple of clips. Joe Rogan was talking about being healthy with the doctor, Peter Hotez. 
Yeah. There's so much of that I hope we have room for before the end of the show because it will crack you up, man. He starts asking the doctor, do you take vitamins? Well, no. With the crap you eat, you're not taking <laughs> vitamins? It's like Rogan's the doctor. Incredible. In the end, he says, you know what? We're going to get you healthy. That's Rogan to the doctor. <laughs> this is the Mark Levain Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so a Hunter Biden update today. Yeah, Hunter Biden has pleaded guilty to two misdemeanor tax evasion charges and is basically getting a slap on the wrist for violating federal gun laws. So, yeah, the gun law thing should have been an open and shut case. I mean, we talked about it just last week. Hold on, Scott's got a message! (laughs) Spam call. Never mind, go ahead, sorry. Hunter Biden's calling. Mm-hmm. He wants to know, you know, where he can get some illegal guns. <laughs> well, I had to look at dumpsters around schools first. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the gun charge, though, there was a woman in Virginia just last week who uh, pleaded guilty to the exact same charge, lying on a background check form or through the questionnaire process um, about drug use. And she's facing 18 to 24 months in prison now when she's sentenced later this year. Uh, Hunter Biden, the feds looked at him and said, hey, look, uh, just don't do it again, pal. All right. And it's exactly what you'd expect. <laughs> and he, yeah, a lot of people critical right now. Yeah. And you totally understand why it does feel like there's two tiers of justice. Yeah. Now, there is some recourse, right, that can still happen here with the gun charge. No, with the charges in general. From yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I know they're trying to figure something out. Yeah, well, yeah, they they think probably a fine is in order, plus paying back what you owe. But in terms of further investigations, well, the no, I see. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people saying yeah, that basically either. the laptop thing is done. Uh, no more uh, charges will come out of this. I, I don't know if that's true because in the press release that mm-hmm. was sent out by prosecutors, they said the investigation is still ongoing. So maybe, maybe not. I, I think it's all kind of hanging out there. And if I'm going to believe one conspiracy theory out there, it's that this is by design. They're telling Joe you're not running in 2024. Uh, we just had this sweetheart deal with your son. You know we could have sent him to prison. We're not sending him to prison. Uh, but the potential for that still exists if you insist on continuing to run for president. Well, one thing, this doesn't have any impact as far as the House looking into the bribery schemes. Oh, no. No. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. that. Which sometimes when you hear the laptop, I mean, a lot of that stuff is on there. Yeah. As far as 10% to the big guy. We know from Tony Bobolinsky. Yes. But as far as this charge, that's interesting. The theory you just brought up, David. I mean, it could be. A lot of people feel like, I mean, what is it, over 70% of Americans, that's not just conservatives, saying the dude's too old. He's out of gas. I mean, he was in California yesterday. Could you make out what he was trying to say? 
How does this make sense? Maybe most important, I've committed that, that by 2020, we will have conserved 30 percent of all the lands and waters the United States has jurisdiction over and simultaneously reduce emissions to blunt climate impact. What? By 2020? <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> Again, I that, the same thing. It's my theory that Joe Biden isn't so much senile as he is an accidental time traveler, <laughs> like the time traveler's <laughs> wife. He has no idea what year it is because he just came from 2020. And then when he's talking about how, you know, he was around in 1913, uh, well, it was because he literally was just in 1913, and then he just reappeared in the year 2023. He's experiencing yeah. reality at a level that we don't understand. And that's why he's a little confused, right? He's not senile. <laughs> <laughs> Any time traveler I've seen before, though, doesn't have this kind of trouble with speech as they go into different time warps. But, but hey, he, he just gets he's he's not sure what he's supposed to uh, disclose and what he's not. You see, he doesn't want to run afoul of the rules of time travel. You know, you squish a roach and uh, in in like 656 B.C., and mm -hmm. suddenly we have flying cars. You know, you, you don't want to do that. So that's why he stumbles around his speech. Okay. That's what, right. that's my theory. At least. No one, not done no, no, yeah. The history books will note yeah, it. Just, yeah. Also, we don't know if, in fact, his next time travel will be in 2019. Therefore, setting up 2020, the agenda he screwed up then, right. he can make good on. Okay. No, how, how, how do you do that? I don't I, know. I don't know either. Pods, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hot, you say? <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, James Comer, House Intel, uh, tweeted out, Hunter Biden getting away with a slap on the wrist when growing evidence uncovered by the House Oversight Committee reveals the Bidens engaged in a pattern of corruption, influence peddling, and possible bribery. And he has a full statement on that. So more on that a little bit later. I noticed uh, yesterday, I hadn't heard this story, YouTube took down a video there was Jordan Peterson. Yep. Been a fan of Peterson's for a while. He's with Daily Wire now. And an interview with Robert Kennedy Jr. And I'm like, why did they take down the interview? And The Hill, that little thing they do, they put it out on YouTube, I yeah. guess. It's called The Hill TV. Yeah. Robbie Suave um, is part of that. And so I went and checked it out. I'm like, well, what, what was it on the podcast that, Kennedy was saying um and I can play it for you if you want it's, it's interesting is this I, what is this the bit you're going to play right now this is what got him banned yes okay all right yeah I do want to hear it then. okay roll he, he's huge levels of depression and despair he's talking about kids right now yeah but you can hear where this goes from there talking about you know why are kids depressed we're I'll tell you where it ends up okay some people would say it ends with frogs turning gay. All right. What? Just listen to this. It's about a minute long from Robert Kennedy Jr. Again, talking with Jordan Peterson. These huge levels of depression and despair, uh, loneliness in kids. And I don't think that there's a single cause to it. Um, and I think blaming it on, you know, depression about climate is probably oversimplistic. And in fact, I think a lot of the problems we see in kids and particularly boys, it's probably underappreciated um, that uh, how much of that is coming from chemical exposures? Okay. Chemical exposures. That's where he starts. Okay. 
Now, a lot of people on the left have said, man, Robert Kennedy Jr., he's a kook, okay, anti-vaxxer, you know, puts out these crazy conspiracies. And a lot of people have checked out what he has said in the past, says, you know, the guy's not all that crazy. And what is it, 80% of Democratic voters want to see Joe Biden debate him because he is running for president. Yeah. Um, again, YouTube took this down. He goes on. Including a lot of the sexual dysphoria that we're seeing. They, I mean, they're swimming through a soup of toxic chemicals today, and many of those are endocrine disruptors. There's atrazine throughout our water supply. Atrazine, by the way, if you in a lab put atrazine in a tank full of frogs, it will chemically castrate and force, forcibly feminize every frog in there and 10 percent of the frogs the male frogs will uh will turn into fully viable females able to produce viable eggs if it's doing that to frogs it could it, there's a lot of other evidence that it's doing it to human beings as well okay <laughs> you're laughing scott <laughs> give me your thoughts well <laughs> he was talking about frogs turning gay in water that's uh, polluted or full of toxic chemicals of some kind. Atrazine, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then studies back this up. Yeah. Well, does not... it happen in any other species <clears throat> besides frogs? No, th this has been talked about for a long time, and it's not turning frogs gay. It's uh, There are certain species yes. of frogs that are prone to hermaphrodism and and actually without any sort of intervention for chemicals if the biological imperative is is uh, activated essentially to reproduce in an area where there aren't enough females that does actually happen where you do have a natural changing that occurs in some species of frogs i mean my my dad has talked about this when he was in college in the 70s they were talking about this wastewater engineer and they they would talk about this kind of stuff where uh, around uh, college campuses uh, with the rise in the use of birth control pills and things like that that gets flushed through the wastewater system. Uh, yeah, you do have wildlife that is affected by the chemicals that wind up uh, getting into the water supply. Now, is that... You know, is that does that have the same effect on human beings? Well, nobody's really demonstrated that one right. way or the other. And as far as the the trans nonsense that's going on, to me, it's not because somebody's skinny dipping in a polluted swimming hole. Okay, it's because they're on TikTok too much, right? And they're it's being a social contagion. It's a social contagion, not a physical one. Yes. So as I'm watching this unfold, and then Robbie Swab from the Hill. Says what I'm thinking because I'm like, wait a second. I can remember Van Camp talking about Alex Jones in the classic bit talking about turning the frogs. Yeah. Gay, which I didn't know if I'd ever actually heard that bit before or just heard you imitate Alex Jones, the voice. I wasn't sure, but Schwab then mentioned it. Um, Tyrone Hayes is the person famous for that study uh, who has talked about it a lot. It also got a lot of pushback um, from the EPA and the scientific advisory panel. Okay. Um, it, it is what famously led to that viral Alex Jones video where he yells, I don't want them putting chemicals in the water right. that turn the frickin' frogs gay. <laughs> uh, the whole, like, gay frogs discourse. Um, <laughs> that whole thing. Okay. Golly. So we're having this chat before the show today. Yeah. And you discovered gold, David. I did. So somebody took the original Alex Jones rant and did a remix of it. 
And this is my favorite song now. It's a new song. It's a new song. One you hadn't heard before. Yeah. Your new favorite. Roll it. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Frogs, freaking frogs. It's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. <laughs> you gotta keep your sense of humor. Oh man! You gotta. Oh man! Try to figure it out. Wow! Make sense of it all and have some fun. Top five gay frog songs. You're looking forward to Friday already. That's number you? one right there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. News update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, we're all keeping an eye on different media outlets, what they're covering. Are you seeing legacy media at all covering what we know about the lab leak with COVID-19? No, no. Not, not really, which is pretty remarkable. The Wall Street Journal is now confirming what was reported a few days ago that, yeah, patient zero uh, was at that Wuhan Institute of Virology. Huh. We know it. They're not reporting it. Right. Dr. Marty McCary, Johns Hopkins, is pretty critical. Yeah. Throughout a lot of it. Got demonized for it. Has a piece. Ten reasons we know that COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan lab. One, the suicide of the Wuhan lab collaborator, Dr. Yusin, the key Chinese scientist who collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Dr. Zhu Yusin, uh, filed for a patent for a COVID vaccine February 24, 2020, according to documents. Um, less than three months after filing, he died under mysterious circumstances. Hmm. Uh, Chinese media said he died from falling off the roof of the yeah. Wuhan lab. Well, it can happen. <laughs> One of those weird things in uh, authoritarian countries like Russia and China, being on buildings or in them, is very dangerous because you absolutely slip and fall. They got slippery ceilings, slippery floors, slippery roofs, all of it, man. Yeah, and sometimes you just need to go on the ceiling of a building and walk around yeah. for no reason. Of course. Yeah. Breath of fresh air. Yeah. Uh, second reason, yeah, the lab workers were the first COVID patients. Uh, number three, the lab had a detailed plan. And you read through all of this. It's wild. It's stuff you may have heard about but has since been confirmed, but media outlets don't report on it. Um, and then it just goes on down the list. China destroyed all records from the lab, of course. Uh, number five, top virologist had told Fauci that it came from a lab. And then all of a sudden they changed their story. Hmm. Legacy media didn't report a whole lot on that. You had to look for that story. But it's interesting. They mentioned actually Dr. Robert Gary of Tulane specifically told Fauci, I just can't figure out how this gets accomplished in nature. Of course, in the lab, it would be easy to generate the perfect 12-base insert that you wanted. What? Well, yeah, and then you change your story. Anyway, um, Fauci was the orchestrator of the natural origin theory. I don't think a lot of people know that. I did not know that. Wow. Yes. I did not know that. And it's detailed. 
And then, yes, China arrested the first doctors who treated COVID. Yeah. Remember this story of Dr. Li Wenliang, the doctor who cared for the first infected lab workers and then sounded the alarm? Oh, we've got, this is human to human. Three days later, police showed up, detained him for eight hours. He was forced to sign a confession that he was, quote, making false statements. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then it, uh, McCary's number eight reason lab leak caused the 1977 flu Chinese epidemic. Then you go, did I miss one? Where's eight? Yo, that was eight. Uh, nine, the lab is five miles from the world epicenter. 10 Wuhan lab conditions were abysmal. We knew they had been cited for a bunch of stuff before mm-hmm. it ever happened. Think about how this changed the world. How many people died? Oh yeah. And I know if you polled people in America, would you want to know this information? Well, yes, of course. Legacy media is not going to tell them. Just not. Lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. Layers and layers and layers. Yes. And again, man, think about this. And we talked about this yesterday, David. So Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, meets with Xi Jinping. Yeah. About all these different things and tensions. You go through the entire NBC report. Over two minutes. You know what's not brought up at all? Huh. Hey, you infected the world, huh? Yeah. Ah, let bygones be bygones. Nothing about that. No. After they made him wait 30 minutes. Well, they made him wait for days. Yeah. He's sitting in the lobby looking at old-time magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to get to see him or not? Yeah, I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, he'll see you now. Yeah. Doesn't want to talk about anything too much, though. Right. Yeah, we look very strong on the world stage. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story today, David. Uh, Biggest story today, Hunter Biden uh, pleading guilty to two tax evasion or tax-related misdemeanors, and then they're giving giving him a mulligan on the gun charge. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. We need to get serious about guns in this country. Right. Right now, if you have a stabilizing brace for your AR pistol, you're a felon unless you register it with the ATF and pay a tax. But Hunter Biden illegally acquired a firearm, which was then disposed in a dumpster across the street from a high school. Yeah, Just don't do it again, bud. All right. That's the federal government for you. Gotcha. Okay. Um Oh, we got to get to some more of the conversation between Brett Baer and Donald Trump. Got a little testy. Mm-hmm. That much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I think it's uh, there are a couple of things that just caught my eye. Uh, one is that Fox News will be moder or Fox News is Brett Baer and Martha McCallum will be moderating the first Republican presidential primary debate, August twenty third in Milwaukee. Okay, which uh, according to the tentative schedule, at least right now, is uh, just about the time the trial in Florida for Donald Trump is scheduled to be wrapping up. Wow, that's very interesting timing. It is. Mm-hmm. The day after, Brett Baer talked with Donald Trump. Yeah. And it got a little testy. Uh, yeah, it did. Well, that was interesting, man. I know I brought this up before. and Sometimes you feel like you're banging the drum too much. But just the suburban female voter. Trump's got to have her. How's he going to get her? 
I don't see it happening. That's the biggest issue I think he faces is winning people back that voted for him before. And Brett Baer brought that up. And have you heard this clip? Just want to know if you've heard it yet. No. David? Uh-uh. Okay. Just, I just want to get your honest reaction where this goes. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? You Let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if the you look at shows. everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or President, let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI, Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about all, the Hunter Biden. Well, no, but all that's cheating on the election. Right, that's cheating. Yes, David. You look a little confused. Yeah, I understand. You know, like, let, let's accept the premise that uh, there were, at a minimum, shenanigans going on with the 2020 election. I think we've documented yes. them a lot. Yep. But the point is that if it's going to be a close election, which right now it, it will be, regardless of whether it's Trump or DeSantis or anybody else, probably going to be very close. Mm-hmm. Which means that you've got to figure out a way to overcome other shenanigans that may happen that's the point of the question of what do you do to win you got you have to turn out certain groups enough to overcome any sort of you know uh uh, ballot harvesting scheme anything else that may happen how do you win them back how do you win back uh women voters suburban women voters in pennsylvania how do you do it in wisconsin because unlike in states like florida and texas um and georgia Sorry, but the election laws have not changed appreciably. No. Heading into 2024. So you're going to have to overcome that. Any Republican is going to have to overcome the Democrat machine that has been built up over years in certain states. And I understand there are some people that think you won't ever see a fair election. And it's going to be rigged. I I get it. I get the cynicism. But this is the world we live in. you got to try to win the election. Mm-hmm. Also, I think there's a defeatist and, sort of attitude about that in that why bother to vote? Yes. I don't want to get there. I don't either, either man, because that's dangerous, too. So we're 30 seconds into this clip. It goes a minute 40. So mm-hmm. we got we got a minute left. Okay. Roll it. But that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brett, uh, you take a look at all of the stuffed ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant right. widespread We're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes Widespread cast. corruption. There was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of ready, judges, ready? judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. Wisconsin has practically admitted it was rigged. Other right, states are doing out there. So as I'm watching this, I get a few different thoughts. One is there are enough people that have lost faith in Fox News that will take that as you're just like CNN. You're going to debate him on everything he says there. Well, this is more of your regular interview than a town hall. Yeah. What Trump was on on CNN. So part of me understands the pushback there. I think if I'm interviewing Trump, I, I really am trying to get to, dude, I get it. We know that. We we know how you feel. You're probably right. But how are you going to get that voter back? That's the part that gets frustrating yeah, is, listening to it. Is relitigating the past the best avenue to take to gain those voters back? I don't think it is. I don't either. No. 
So what hap- what's, what's the future look like? Well, there's only uh, what? Less than 30 seconds left. Other states are doing the same right now, and it's continuing. There have been reviews of every potential case of voter fraud in six battleground states, and they found fewer than 475 cases. You know why? Because they didn't look at the right things. Okay, are you going to be... They were counting ballots, not the authenticity of the ballot. The ballots were fake ballots. You had, this I was asked, a very rigged Are you election. going to go, this is how you're going to tell that independent suburban no, woman no, voter no. to vote we're for We're off to winning an election, and I think we're winning very well. Uh, I got a poll just recently. I have it here. I'd no, no, show no, I you. know. And, and I watched but the numbers. Okay. Now, that's just one snippet yeah. of the interview. And I know that Trump is not going to listen to any advisor. He's going to do it his way. If you could advise him... Are we all in agreement? Dude, you could take 10 or 15 seconds and say, listen, man, sooner or later, all that information is going to come out on that last election, how badly rigged it was. Now, as far as 2024, and then move on. Well, Well, compare and contrast your record with what we currently have. Yeah. Yes. I mean, do that. He's got a lot of things to celebrate. Yeah, Absolutely, you just, he does. You, you move forward. We are closer to the 2024 election than we are to the 2020 election, which has already happened. It's over. Okay. Yes. You can say I won by a lot, whatever. The the only question is, okay, Mr. President, who's in the Oval Office right now? It's Joe Biden. Okay, so you got to overcome whatever happened right. in 2020. Yes. How are you going to do that? What's the selling point? Let's keep moving the ball down the field. Totally agree. Okay. And more on that a little bit later. Um, oh, goodness gracious. i get to this story really quick. Um Oh man, <laughs> there's th- well, there's there's a bunch of audio I want to get to as well. I will say this: as far as schools go, not a big surprise. Wall Street Journal story about how charter school schools are doing great. Um, new evidence of student success. This was a Stanford study mm-hmm. that shows huge learning gains over union schools. I hope a lot of parents see this yep. and start fighting back against the teachers' unions, looking out for their kids. You know what's always interesting about the charter school thing is that every time, you know, somebody brings up either a private school or a charter school, you're going to have some lefty come out and say, well, what about this school that did this bad thing or whatever? Because certainly there are failures within that system, and I would just say, okay, well, there are school districts where only 13% of the eighth graders can read. Correct. So you want to look at a systemic problem, or do you want to nitpick and cherry pick isolated examples to try to prove a point that you're actually losing on? Yes. Well, they're achieving equality is what they're doing. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess sort of an update on the story about a debate between Dr. Peter Hotez and Robert Kennedy Jr. on Joe Rogan's podcast. That's not going to happen. So if you're unfamiliar with this story, um, Hotez is a big COVID vaccine proponent. That has been, and I mean, we've played some of the clips that we've had, you know, over the last few years from him. Um, like, oh, this is always a beauty to bring out again. This is Hotez. Anti-science aggression is now probably one of the leading killers of young adults in the United States. I'll say that again. <laughs> That makes you laugh, David. Well, what does that even mean? I know. Actually, the number one killer, if you're to isolate one single thing of young adults, it's fentanyl. True. Yes. Well, 
you know, and people are putting out a lot on this guy that's on MSNBC a lot. NBC's had him on a lot. He's always wearing the lab coat. Yeah. You know, trying to look doctorly. Right. Um, and I think there were like three clips between July 2021 and January 22 of this guy. Right now, anyone who's unvaccinated and has been lucky enough to escape COVID, your luck is about to run out. The, our worst pandemic threats arose out of unvaccinated populations. We uh. have about 80 million vaccine-eligible Americans who are, who are not vaccinated at all. And that's the reason why we have this horrible Delta epidemic. Okay. You're shaking your head, Scott, yeah. Well, it's so many things that don't age well, and I can clearly remember talking about this and some of the freaking texts or notes I got back from list- the listeners that were blood on your hands, you guys yes. are killing people, you're yes. responsible for the deaths of X number of people, all that nonsense that, again, you had to bear the brunt of it because if you were going to go against the grain at all, they did a magnificent job of marketing this thing. So Hotez is still banging that drum. Yeah, of course he is. Okay, so Robert Kennedy Jr. was on with Joe Rogan, you know, and basically said, yet yeah, no one will debate you. I don't know if you heard that piece of audio that Kennedy Jr. said. That's where this story sort of starts. All these controversial opinions that you have, have you had anyone debate you publicly about any of these? Nobody will debate me for 18 years. Nobody will debate me. In fact, and he goes on. Don't have time to play all of it. But I've said these different things about different vaccines, and I know a lot of people think he's a kook, but he's saying no one will debate. So Rogan says, I'll give Peter Hotez, the doctor, a hundred grand charity. Come on and debate. Okay, it gets some more steam. All of a sudden, there's investors. There's other celebrities. Said, yeah, I want to see the debate. They're raising over a million dollars to see this debate. Elon Musk comes out, tweets, he won't do it because he knows he's wrong, talking about Hotez. So MSNBC has the interview with Mehdi Hassan. (laughs) What a propagandist that guy is. At MSNBC, we don't uh, abide conspiracy theorists, and that's why we hire people like Mehdi Hassan, who is one of the biggest left-wing conspiracy theorist nut jobs on television. Yeah. Here's Hotez on his show. I'm sorry, this time, Mehdi, it's, it's caused Talking about something Kennedy really Jr. terrible, and that is during our COVID pandemic. I have a new book coming out that basically says 200,000 Americans needlessly perished because they believe the anti-vaccine disinformation and refuse to take a COVID vaccine during our Delta wave and BA1 and Omicron wave in 2021-22 after vaccines were widely uh, available. So the point is anti-vaccine disinformation, it's always done a lot of damage and harm, but now it's a lethal force in the United States. And that's why we we have to have that discussion. And I offered to come and talk to go on Joe Rogan again. I've been on a couple of times and have that discussion with him, but not to turn it into the Jerry Springer show with having RFK Jr. on. What RFK Jr. says, listen, here's the thing about Otez, he never gives you any studies. Even talking about autism, he just won't give you any studies. He can't back anything up. He tries with this interview. Debates are, but in science, we don't typically do debates. What we do is we write scientific papers, we present our findings in front of a critical audience of our peers to solicit their their input and, and suggestions. But it's okay. You- I call BS there. No. In 
Well, I think there is a certain class of of academics and researchers who do believe that now, but n- no, science has always been about a debate. Always. Absolutely. It's always been about people are sometimes getting heated. Arguing yes. over what is true, what is not true. Well, I have this, I have that. I, I mean, look, the only reason now that you, you have some academics and some in the uh, academia field who feel like, well, we don't need to debate anymore is because, well, there are a lot of journals that make a lot of money and can mm-hmm. pass along a lot of money towards people who publish in their publications. We also know what happened during COVID. People, uh, will you ever look at The Lancet the same again? No. A lot of people won't. Absolutely not. So that just sounds like total BS there. So it does not look like it's going to happen, um, which honestly is too bad because it would have been hilarious. And I wish we had time for more clips that I could play um, from when Rogan was asking Hotez, this is a, a while back, about his own health. Just <laughs> Seriously. Like, I think he asked him if he took vitamins. Do you take vitamins? Yeah. I don't take vitamins. Really? Yeah. I don't wow. Them. I don't think they do. I don't think they're needed. Because most in the, Amer- in the American... What? In the American... Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You don't think they're needed while you're eating junk food? Well, you think... hopefully I'm not only eating junk food, okay, right? but you know there's a large body of clinical mm-hmm. research on the efficacy of vitamins, mm-hmm. especially vitamins D, vitamins... I'd... Oh, yeah, man. They go on and on. It, that sounds like a debate. He's pushing back on the doctor. And Rogan's right 100% of the time. (laughs) If we have time, I'll play more of that. It's really good. Parts of it, hilarious. Especially when Rogan says, we're going to get you healthy, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Another news update. Straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, the U.S. Coast Guard says it is still uh, searching for that submersible that was heading towards the wreckage of the Titanic that went missing. Man. So they're still looking for it. They got 10,000 square miles off of uh, New England. They're saying they have no uh, signs of a deep-sea craft that went missing. Uh, they've got about 40 hours of oxygen left if everything is okay like if they're still alive in the submersible then they have no idea if it's on the surface at the bottom of the ocean somewhere in between there's a lot of water out there i mean it's 400 some odd miles from the staging area to uh the titanic off the coast of newfoundland um so they they have no idea where this thing went where it is and it's surprising to me how limited the technology is when I read the story, I couldn't believe it. There's more technology in your phone. Yeah, they. I mean, it's they got like an old remote control to help work. Yeah. work it. It's almost made like with, an Xbox remote. Yeah, yeah, not literally, but something like I, that. I, that's what I thought too. Yes. Wow. I yeah. Mean, they've got they they built it using what recycled pipes. Yeah. Strange, man. Wow. You're wow. right, though, Scott. It's like a movie. It is, and it's like. Those where they just things just disappear off the radar, yeah. You know, like planes disappear, ships disappear. I mean, this kind of thing is so weird. By the way, do anybody want to hear another couple clips of Joe Rogan hammering that doctor Peter Hotez about his health? I enjoy it very much. It's very entertaining. Yes. Well, again, man, this guy is big pro vaccine, everything else, and we've played some clips of Rogan saying, you know, it's crazy to me. You don't take care of yourself with what you eat. He's a bit gooey. 
Yeah. You don't exercise that sort of thing saying, you know, it'd be a better argument, honestly, um, if you did. It's funny, You'd have a much better argument. Don't you're you think? you're, you're making my wife stay here. So. If you're taking care of yourself yeah. 100% instead but of you just still need, But you still need your vaccines. I'm sure you do, but <laughs> vaccines aren't going to prevent cancer. No, that's true. Right. That's and true. You, there's a lot of diseases. Or that, diabetes or cardiovascular sure. disease. Or and a lot things. of these diseases yeah. are connected directly to diet. Right. Yeah. 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 Actually, about the exercise. Try to go on the treadmill for 30 minutes. You try. Morning. I do it. Actually, I'm... You try. What do you mean? You do it. That's what Rogan said. And then he starts to talk about travel. It's really hard. But, it, you know, the, the thing that knocks the crap out of you is the travel. Yes. I find that very frustrating because you don't I exercise, do. right? And then you eat, you don't eat well, well, and you don't control the diet as well. So that's... Um, well, I have a solution to that. And eat well and exercise. Those, those are the solutions to that. Just yeah. do it. You just do it. In the end, that's what Rogan says to the doctor. We've got to get you healthy, buddy. Yeah. Can't be pushing only chemicals and injectable forms to <laughs> facilitate health. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's the best. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. As always, thank you so much for being here. Yes, the big story of the day is Hunter Biden. Yeah, Hunter Biden um, is pleading guilty to two tax-related charges uh, brought by the uh, federal government. And then also uh, there's basically a probation that's been set up um, for the gun-related charge, which is where he lied about his drug use while filling out the paperwork to purchase a gun that gun which by the way was featured prominently in videos that he shot himself like one of them is naked he's got the he's got the piece like down at his side finger on the trigger i've tried to just say scrub those from my memory (laughs) well Well, there's all those photos on that laptop the one where it's like he's almost got this woman like a dog collar Mm -hmm. it's insane man I, I like this from the Washington Post, though, and I'm wondering if you've ever heard anyone try to make this argument. Uh, Biden's defenders have argued that Hunter Biden is a recovering addict accused of relatively minor offenses, the type of case that would not typically be prosecuted by federal authorities. Um, again, with the gun charge, I'm sorry to be a broken record on this, but there is a lady in Virginia who last week struck a plea deal, pleaded guilty to the exact same charge and is going to be sentenced to upwards of two years in prison later this year anyway you you have a party that's always talking about getting serious about guns yeah you're trying to get a gun illegally it seems like that should be a big deal to you yeah but not in this case uh but then it goes on to say in the washington post that biden's defenders suggest the investigation would have been dropped long ago if he wasn't the president's son Really? Oh, come that? on, man. If, if no. He was, if he wasn't the president's son, I mean, come first, on. this thing actually started five years ago, and it would have been over in less than a year if it were anybody else. Yes. Wow. Okay. Nothing 
should surprise any of us right now. Yeah, still, dang. like the stones of some people. What they say, okay. Really, from a legal perspective, if you're trying to be open-minded, is there any way other than to see this as a quote sweetheart deal? Yeah, you, you've got a lot of people out there saying, no, well, this is very run-of-the-mill ordinary, and oh, this is actually uh, punishing uh, a, a set of developments. No, no, it's not. Come on. Well, Come on. again, dig if you will. Don Jr. smoking crack with a gun, and he throws <laughs> it away next to a school. Yeah. Oh. And what would the reaction be? And don't lie about it. You know damn good and well what it would be. It'd be wall-to-wall coverage. People would be shrieking from the mountaintop if he was handed down the same sentence. Well, there is one little thing you may have omitted there. That the person that actually threw it away was your deceased brother's wife, right, now okay. your girlfriend. All right. There's the that added twist in the whole thing. Yeah, if it, if it needed more stink on it, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think that would be a huge story if that was not good. I think. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Speaking of Trump, did the interview with Brett Baer. Do you think this helped Trump yesterday? N- no, I, I don't think it, it really. I think with Trump, so much is just kind of baked in in terms of his support and detractors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there are a whole lot of people who are just kind of open-minded about Trump. Maybe there are, but I again, I... I just kind of think most people see what they want to see anytime there is an interview. But I, I, I did think with with the questioning, some of the questioning from Brett Baer was, to me, I thought really well done. Um, especially. By the way, real quick, have you talked to different people? And maybe this is just you know, part of my circle, I guess. People that have definitely supported Trump, and some that I would have said will be with Trump to the end. And there are a few that still are. Others, it would like it would get a little cold, and then there might be an indictment, and then it's sort of back to all in. Yeah, and then he does something where you see it as a misstep, like no, 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 Don, don't do yeah. that. And it does seem like over time, some people are getting a little more exhausted. I thought someone that would never criticize Trump, just whatever it would be, would just say. Well, you got to understand how much pressure they've been under or how much they've been attacked, everything else. And he said, it's sometimes I'm like, are you losing it? Like, why are you saying those things? Stop it. I'm like, that's just interesting to me to see how this all plays out. Because, well, I haven't heard this clip yet. The other ones I had heard. Um, Where it was like, Don, stop. You could just say, yeah, 2020, I got hosed. Okay, and there's going to be more that will come out in the future. You'll see how bad it really was. But as far as 24, this is what we're doing. Here's our story. Yeah, that's what I think most people want to hear. But he won't let that go. Yeah. Well, I think to me, one of the most interesting portions of the interview was uh, when Brett Bear asked him about something that I know a lot of people, myself included, have been worried about with Trump because a lot of people that he brought in, including guys like General Milley. Uh, at the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, chair position. I mean, you've got a whole lot of people that were brought in, John Bolton, et cetera, Mm -hmm. who were not looking out for Trump or Trump's voters' interests. And you knew it at the time. I remember when he hired John Bolton, I'm going, what the hell are you doing, man? Why are you bringing that guy into the fold? The stash. 
Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Brett Bear. Stash equity, bro. It's got to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Stash equity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Underrepresented in the White House. That's right. <laughs> John Oates charity. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, but Brett went through just a brutal list of people he hired that then Trump now hates. All right. Roll it. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you. Called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House Chief of Staff John Kelly weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney a born loser. You called your first Secretary of State. Okay, I can't help this. Wow. I'm going to go Old Man River reference here. Dude, I feel like we're in Wormer's office in Animal House. And he's going through the <laughs> list of things Delta's done yeah, or said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, small brain. I missed that completely. And now we're getting to yeah. Mr. Blutarski. That's what I'm waiting for. Anyway, go ahead. Roll it, Brett. You called your acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney a born loser. You called your first Secretary of State Rex Tillerson dumb as a rock. And your first Defense Secretary James Mattis the world's most overrated general. You called your White House Press Secretary Kayla Kennedy milquetoast. And multiple times you've referred to your Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. We had a great economy. We had phenomenal people in charge of the economy. We had phenomenal people in the military. I'm not a fan of Millie, and I'm not a fan of certain of the television people. But I knocked out ISIS. I defeated ISIS. They said, Mattis, it would take three years, and I don't think we can do it. I did it in a period of, like, four weeks. There's a lot of people not, who praise you for your policies. I just said true. that. That's true. Well, I mean, you just went through a list. But don't forget, for every one you say, I had ten that love us. I mean, I don't know. That could be. Yeah. But there is a long list of people. And if I say, off the top of your head, who, who is Trump still in alignment with that worked under him? I think Kaylee McEnany has taken the high road uh, after the whole milk toast thing. But, I mean, he went after her. I'm saying that's still yeah. like a two-way street where oh, it's a really yeah. good relationship. Hmm. Sean Spicer, maybe? He got booted. Mm -hmm. I remember Spicer saying as press secretary he would be done and he would go into a room <laughs> yeah. with Trump and he would basically critique his performance yeah. and tell him how he had to do better. Which Trump understands TV. I understand that, but I can't imagine having that gig. No wonder he was a nervous wreck. It's, it's tough to work for Trump. There's no doubt about it. I think anybody would say that. I think Trump would say that. I mean, he's pretty demanding. Wow. That's really interesting. Okay. Moving on to the Associated Press story. Yeah. you got to be joking. Oh. What they're whining about? Yeah, I, I saw this, and I just rolled my eyes so hard I got a headache. Um uh, they're they're mad because Republicans are calling the left Marxists. Then stop acting like, like Marxists. Marxists. Yeah, they yes. actually, I mean, many of them actually openly say that, but you're not allowed to call them a communist or whatever. Um, 
they write, the Associated Press, uh, the rhetoric is both inaccurate and potentially dangerous because it attempts to demonize an entire party with a description that has long been associated with America's enemies. Uh, Okay, I haven't seen the piece, but tell me, do they actually explain how it's not accurate? No. Because they can't. Yeah. Um, Experts who study political messaging say associating Democrats with Marxism only furthers the country's polarization and is simply wrong. Yeah. Okay. Did I hallucinate years and years and years of people in media and government calling me a Nazi? No. Oh, yeah. Remember how Trump You haven't hallucinated since your music career took a bad turn (laughs) in Austin, Texas in, as I remember, 2011, somewhere in there. I mean, dude, the president himself has called Trump voters fascists. Yes. But don't call him a Marxist. That'll hurt our feelings. Yeah, they want to stop free speech and grab your guns, but don't call them Marxists. Yeah. Experts say there's a long history of U.S. politicians calling out or calling opponents Marxist or communist without evidence. Where's the counter evidence to this? I'm sorry. Uh, oh, and by the way, cultural Marxism, which has been used a lot. I My only quibble with it is I think it's kind of redundant. Marxism is as much cultural as it is economic and uh, social. Um, uh, anyway, uh, though the term has become popular among mainstream Republicans, it has a darker past. Experts say the concept <laughs> of cultural Marxism posing a threat was historically spread by anti-Semitic and white supremacist groups. So don't call out Marxist ideology because that's damaging to a whole group of people. And if you do it, you're a white supremacist. <laughs> Off yeah, yours. That's, that's okay, stop game. it, you communist. Yeah, exactly. You Marxist. <laughs> yeah. I thought you people were supposed to be real journalists. <laughs> what a joke you are. <laughs> that's hilarious. The go-to position. Of course. White supremacy. Okay. Man, there's a great piece from Michael Schellenberger. The New World War on Free Speech. This is pretty cool. And it's going to be a tour. I'm not even joking. We will get to that in the news update straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. If I say, you know, there's a war on free speech, do you just kind of roll your eyes and say, yeah, I've heard that for years? Or do you actually say, yeah, there absolutely is? Well, there absolutely is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. How long ago would you have rolled your eyes at that, do you suppose? Why would it went out? Oh, that's just conspiracy stuff. Yeah, or just you know, sort of talking points from somebody. Uh probably before middle of Trump's presidency. David, um, I think my opinion started to turn on this after that Mizzou professor accosted a, a journalist covering a uh, Black Lives Matter protest. Remember that oh, lady yeah. with the red hair? Yes. That was a classic. And was like telling, you know, was kicking people out just for filming a public protest. Right. Yeah. Well, I thought this was interesting. This is going to be in London, live in London. Michael Schellenberger, Russell Brand, Matt Taibbi. Sensor Industrial Complex exposed. Wow. Doing a whole talk on it. Wow. I mean,. Wouldn't you say those three guys, say, seven years ago, would have been considered pretty much lefties? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is that interesting? Yeah, I suppose. 
Oh, well, Russell Brand, I was was like, eh, he just kind of says things, right? Yeah. I never knew he had a huge political affiliation one way or another. I wouldn't have called him conservative. No, but I wouldn't have called him liberal either, so. Okay. That's just me. Fair enough. Um, well, Schellenberger had this whole piece that he writes about. Well, it's the new world war on free speech, and it's not just the United States. He lays it out. It's worth a read just from part of it. Um, said the U.N. and the E.U., now, as far as their intention is to censor disfavored speech at a global level, specifically by insisting that Twitter and Facebook obey their dictates or face massive fines and nationwide restrictions. And he writes, so far, one of the greatest obstacles to these censorships and the ambitions is Elon Musk. It's true. But he's also under enormous pressure from advertisers, many of whom stand with these censorship advocates and heads of state. That's what we're seeing. I think that's what we're all up against in a way. Yeah. Because it's not just, you know, evil dictators. It's massive amounts of cash. Right. And people that could care less as long as they get paid. So I feel good, though, that there are more people sort of getting involved in seeing this and people that you would have thought were more on the left as far as journalists didn't forget exactly what their job is supposed to be and is speaking truth that's a good thing yeah i don't know if you're interested in this david but i did see it and you know try to have a little fun along the way during the show a big star wars guy you are mm-hmm. did you, you see say, the you hollywood like a star wars guy I'm saying that like big yoda. star wars guy you are <laughs> i'm trying to channel yoda <laughs> good. i like that um the hollywood reporter has the most memorable star wars quotes ranked ah. do you care do you care? Uh, sure. Okay, what would you guess is the most quoted Probably Star the, Wars quote I think it's the misquote, time. but it's the Luke, I am your father. Uh, that's actually number five. Wow. Yes. My, my favorite is Harrison Ford going into the cryo chamber thing, and Leia says, I love you, and he says, I know. That was four. Robin's got moment. number one. Yeah, may the force be with you. Yes. Did Robbins just win the Star Wars game? It wasn't an official game. I'll give it to you, though. Um, I have a bad feeling about this was two. Hello there from A New Hope is three. So there's your top five. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Okay. Biggest story of the day. I mean, obviously, in the politics of it, uh, in the politics world, it's Hunter Biden uh, pleading guilty to two different tax uh, crimes, misdemeanors. Uh, brought in by the federal government, and uh, he's essentially skating on a gun charge as well that nobody else would skate on if they actually were uh, being accused of it. Uh, we got that going on. Also, I mean, at the risk of being like CNN searching for the that lost airplane, I'm kind of fascinated by the disappearance of this submersible that was going to yeah. check out uh, the Titanic that's gone, and it's gone missing. Nobody knows where it is, and they've got like 40 hours worth of air left. Wow. Update on that and the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the the Coast Guard has given an update on the missing submersible uh, that was supposed to be going to look at the wreckage of the Titanic, and uh, (laughs) something happened. It's gone. 
They don't know where it went. They don't know if it sunk. They say there's about 40 hours worth of air left, breathable air left in this thing. I mean, you're talking like a 20-foot-long tube. And Mm -hmm. I'm measuring this out, kind of eyeballing it here. That's about the size of the studio I'm sitting in right now. And they got five people on board. That's doable. And it was was already going to be like a, what, eight-day round trip? Yeah. So already yeah. close quarters, and uh, I mean, if something obviously something went wrong, uh, they have no idea where these people. They're searching a huge uh, section of ocean right now to find this tiny little thing. I, to me, my gut reaction is they're gone. If they're not dead, they're never going to be found. If they're not dead already, I mean, they're never going to be found. Well, I mean, in a situation like this, you have different personalities, and they certainly come out. Doomsday Dave certainly brings his cloud around and shares his thoughts, and I appreciate it because sometimes that's the way it's going to turn out. Right. You're very hopeful, Scott. Yeah, I am, actually. You were before David said what was on his mind before the show today. Yeah. you, You compared it to a movie. Well, I do. I mean, like where just something just disappears and is never found again, and the mystery that surrounds it. I mean, it's happened in real life before. It has. Well, I guess I was thinking what you meant by a movie was sort of like it's a race against the clock. Well, it is a race against the clock, but what I'm saying is ultimately you may not find it. You may yeah. that may be the conclusion. God, I don't know. I mean, this what is movie like, has that ending? Well, they had that they had that show on Netflix where the flight disappeared. Then they they these people came back and they'd been gone like 10 years and had no idea are you are you talking about that's a reality series yeah i know it's not real but i'm just saying this feels like that to me okay only in reality the returned or whatever that is yeah (laughs) yeah, i i thought you were talking about a documentary no not well no not not a documentary but there have been flights that have gone missing Yes. I mean, that's happened. The Malaysian flight. Yeah, gone. Yeah. And you watched that documentary. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've watched, I, I, I'm somehow attracted to these things because I want to know what happened. The black hole talk and all this, you know, <laughs> who knows, man? Okay, let's not get too nuts here. Well, no, they but you get down in the depths it. of the ocean like that, my gosh, man. I understand. Well, and it's odd because the lack of technology, or at least seemingly the lack yeah. of technology that you would imagine would be That's with something the thing, like this. Right? I yes. thought they would communicate, be able to communicate with, with the, the top of the ocean, whatever, wherever these guys are, to guide them along. David, I want to get to this clip that you had. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. It's a friend of someone that's on it? Yeah, one of the guys on that is, uh, uh, I mean, they're all multimillionaires who are on this. The, the, the trip costs like a quarter million dollars. Um, Well, a woman who knows Hamish Harding, one of the guys on the boat, um, this woman is named uh, Yannicka Mickelson, and she says, yeah, this is pretty much a uh, uh, worst-case scenario, but, you know, everyone knows what they're getting into when they go adventuring. Oh. Uh Every single expedition is dangerous, and that's something that Hamish taught me. He's the reason why I started my expedition career as well. Uh, Every expedition has the possibility of death absolutely and hamish knows the risk of every single expedition he starts okay how many times has this thing gone down again to go view the titanic several times like yeah you may know there's a risk but i'm guessing when you get on there you're like yeah there's a risk but not really it'll be all right 
you know, it's like getting on a, a, a ride at a traveling carnival. You know, yeah, there's a risk that the carny didn't bolt something down right, but what are the chances that it'll happen to you? Well, I, I was thinking, you know, planning on skydiving with my daughter this mm-hmm. summer. I mean, you know there's a risk involved, but you also know how many jumps are fine. I mean, incredible percentage. Yeah. Don't look at me like that, Rob. No, I'm just saying, again, Yeah. how many times have you seen the chute not open or the thing just go straight up and spin like crazy? And Why do you laugh when you say no, that? No, I just, well, I guess the last time that happened, I remember a guy landed in a tree and survived. Yeah. Right. Well, there yeah, there was that one guy who who parachuted out of a plane and then landed on somebody's house. On their house. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. One other story before your trifecta. I saw this at Daily Wire. And this is about teachers in the Midwest are giving each other tips on transitioning kids quietly and subversively. You're like, what are we talking about? So this is several dozen Midwestern teachers um, various states, Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio. They met in an online chat room hosted by the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center, MAP, an organization that's received millions of dollars in federal funding. So the Daily Mail actually gained access to this workshop, lasts like four hours. And it was centered on reviewing various new educational statutes to, quote, remedy the marginalizing effects and disrupt problematic policies. What are we talking about? Well, as the story goes on, the DEI coordinator for Royal Oak Schools in Michigan described her efforts to hide elements of social transition. Meaning, okay, you've got a kid that's going to change sexes. This is how you change a student's name and keep it from their parents. Saying we're working on our record-keeping system so that certain screens can't be seen by the parents. If there's a nickname in there, we're trying to hide. Dude, so they're looking at all these different places that have these laws. The parents would know what's going on at the school, and the teachers get into a chat room. This is how we can do this without the parents finding out. Yeah. Gosh dang. Dude. God. Would you have guessed that was going on? No. No. Well... I mean, again, this sort of settles the, the or answers the question, why do you call us groomers? Well, I don't know. If you're developing a network where you're uh, grooming children and telling other adults how to groom children, well, I guess you're a groomer. It mentions the counselor in Ames Community Schools in Iowa, Jennifer Hagland, condemning Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds for signing a law in March barring males from competing on female sports teams and then bragged about her personal activism for LGBTQ causes, saying, I know that I have my own right code of ethics, and that doesn't always go along with the law. And another teacher said the stakes are very high for trans youth. I think that requires working subversively and quietly, sometimes to make sure the trans kids have what they need. Dude, uh, 65% of Americans just said there's only two genders. Yeah. That's up 6% from where it was last year. Yeah. You're you're losing this argument the more that people find out about it. Well, and, and part of it's because of creepy crap like this. Absolutely. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. That's got to be stopped. All right, you ready for your big three rounds? Yeah, let's go. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe off. 
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Right around this time every day, Scott Robbins trifecta. His top three stories of the day helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, Casey. Staying cool, man? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Three. Uh, Colin Kaepernick says uh, he's back in the news, apparently. This is a guy (laughs) who made millions of dollars by not playing football. Yes. uh, Best career movie ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Activism paid better, and he (laughs) doesn't run the risk of CTE and all that other stuff. Uh, He has thoughts on white supremacy and capitalism, though. Yeah. He, uh, by the way, in terms of earnings, he earned $40 million playing football. And $30 million from Nike. And who knows how many other millions of dollars from other agencies and organizations that pay him to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. But Colin Kaepernick is now involved in co-writing a book. Uh, and, and the book, by the way, bases itself a lot on critical race theory, of course. But he also said black liberation simply is not possible under capitalism. Okay. I mean, it was for you, Colin, but, you know, well, <laughs> right. let's, let's not get confused here. He said uh, white supremacy persists in part because of its relationship with capitalism and ableism and so on and on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out the hypocrisy in a lot of this stuff because knuckleheads like him aren't giving their money back. I can guarantee that. Oh, buddy, man. Okay. Now, on with the countdown. It's hard for me to not just yawn. Oh, I know, I, I know, I know. Cap- okay. Like, who cares? Capitalism is bad, except when I am involved in it, then it's good. Of course, yes. Yes. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number two. Number two, you want to talk about a Harvard-Harris poll. Yeah, reported 66% of voters, including a majority of all parties now, say they would not want to live in a state that is increasing taxes, restricts legal gun ownership, uh, more strictly allows abortion up to nine months, allows minors to get gender surgery without parental permission, and encourages undocumented immigrants and other fellow felons to vote. And I guess the takeaway from all of this is that it appears conservatives are, in fact, finally chipping away and winning on some American issues like rejecting abortion, butchering kids, and open borders. This is a positive story. Both parties now have started to shift. Well... How many people are going to be moving? Yeah. The next question that comes into your mind. I mean, isn't that weird? It's so simple, too. Why are people relocating? For a number of reasons. Yeah, and, and they're all here, right here. Yeah, pretty much. Gosh. Yeah, We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yes, the Scott Robbins trifecta yeah. up to number one. Number one, a hilarious development in the climate change cult. You know, it's weird. Last summer, large wildfire came to be known as the Oak Fire. You guys might remember that one scorching its way across uh, Mariposa County in California and part of Yosemite National Park. It was first reported on July twenty second, 2022. Burned 19,000 acres of land, cost more than $90 million, on and on it goes. And, of course, the experts were all out. They knew exactly what was causing this wildfire in California. And you know what it was, don't you? Climate change. Yeah, that's what I heard. We're at PBS NewsHour. We're seeing the devastating consequences that play out in real time about our role of climate change. Over at CNN, their climate correspondent, Bill Weir, explained how mega drought is driven by climate change that is affecting California and other western states. They're so dry and flammable. That's what's causing these fires. Senator Alex Padilla, 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, Can we get it. Worsening drought like and never severe weather before will only continue to put lives and property at risk mm-hmm. from wildfire if we don't take climate action now. Well, the evidence is in, ladies and gentlemen. It seems that authorities have arrested a Democratic donor for allegedly starting the fire. What? Yes. Destroyed a hundred homes and injured several firefighters. Uh, and by the by, the numbers. By the way, this guy donated about two thousand dollars to the Democratic candidates' committees in twenty twenty. Why they do it? Why do you, Why do you set it on fire? Yeah. Well, perhaps to start the dialogue on climate change, Jamie. Oh my goodness. And no, do not request Billy Joel because that's not happening. <laughs> he didn't start the fire. No, don't do it. <laughs> no, just no. We say no to and that. There you have it. Yes, no the Scott Robin trifecta. Thank you very wow, much. Wow, needed that crescendo at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll and cola wars, and I can't take it anymore. <laughs> All right, we got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Um, why would you steal a tricycle? Why would you do that? Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. Well, of course, we all know the story of, you know, Hunter Biden getting busted now for tax charges, misdemeanor charges uh, on his taxes from a couple years ago. And uh, he has taken a plea deal here, probably going to avoid jail time. And, of course, the administration that talks about um, common sense gun control mm-hmm. has nothing to say about, well, Hunter Biden getting away with breaking federal gun laws. Hmm. You know, legacy media won't bring that up. We know that. And they're not going to talk about any of the Biden family corruption allegations, even though there's bank records, there's LLCs. There's nine family members that got paid mysteriously out of nowhere. But no curiosity from the journalists. Democracy dies in darkness. Mm -hmm. From NBC or ABC Mm -hmm. or CBS, CNN, whatever. Okay. Just on we go. Yes. It's very frustrating, man. Very frustrating. Um, You know, earlier we were talking about that Dr. Peter Hotez. He's a big COVID advocate. Mm-hmm. And he's been in the news recently because he was very critical of Robert Kennedy Jr. calling him, you know, conspiracy theory, and he's so wrong about vaccines. And so it was Joe Rogan that said, "Hey, hundred grand to you, Otez. You've been on my show before. Come and debate. He's not going to debate. We know all of that. I didn't know this, but I happened to see it at Hot Air. Uh, did you know?" That even though he's been one to say, hey, we don't need any sort of investigation, you know, into the origin of COVID. It's just a waste of time, right? That he actually played a role because he helped fund the gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab? I had no idea about this. None. Yes. Holy smokes. Yeah, I just saw it in the story really interesting jeez who would have ever thought okay it's just this doctor on tv and he comes in every once in a while to give his two cents on something that it was that far deep in that whole COVID thing no 
That's not going to get reported either, by the way. And why didn't we all know that to begin with before you started yapping about the vaccine and, you know, oh, that, how we all should behave and act? And so that that's easy, actually. Um, it's because journalists don't exist anymore. And with that, we give it a Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Uh, a wild one. Uh, St. Pete, Clearwater, Florida. At the airport there, the Coast Guard has a base there for its planes and helicopters, their biggest and busiest air station in the country. So this woman, after she scales the fence there, hopped on a Coast Guard tricycle. <laughs> it's adult size, you know. Um, you know, they have them to move tools, equipment around the airport. They yeah. use golf carts, too, bobcats, stuff like that. And they All have right. these tricycles. She rode it across an active taxiway, abandoned it, then tried to get on an Allegiant flight. She also tried to get into a Coast Guard plane at one point. Security eventually saw her on the surveillance cameras and got her. <laughs> got her. And that's Nimrod's in the news.